0: This meeting is being recorded.
1: All right. Welcome into the three guys talking ball podcast. And we have officially reached the Jordan episode, episode 23. Today is May 19th, 2022. We're recording this on May, Monday, May 16th. The NBA playoffs are in the conference finals after two very anticlimactic game sevens. And I think it's time we add Chris Paul to the list. Of people you never bet on in big moments He completely disappeared After game 4 When a fan offered to hug his wife and mom A hug And he got offended And this is the 5th series in his career That he was either up 2-0 Or up 3-2 And ended up losing the series On an earlier podcast We talked about how he was a great leader How tough he was It was tough love All that fantastic stuff But in the biggest games, he disappears. He's never going to win a championship. And I don't want to say it, but I'm going to. Chris Paul is a fraud. This game seven between the Mavs' Suns was the most uninspiring, lifeless, disheartening win or go home games I've ever watched. How can a team at home, best record in the West, look this dead from the opening tip? The Suns' big three of De- Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton combined to shoot a whopping 9 of 27 from the field. This Suns' team let Spencer Dinwiddie go off for 30 points. A guy named Spencer should not be mentioned in a game seven unless he's in the sports <laughs> center, not top 10. Luka Doncic, after getting some crap by Devin Booker, is now Devin Booker's dad. So we got conference finals. Warriors, Mavs, Heat, Celtics. I'll let you guys talk for a little bit.
2: Well, I'd I'd like to start here, boys. And I texted this in our group chat yesterday, and we should have known the Suns were in trouble. When the game starts off, they're 1 of 11 from shooting. Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, a little D and 3 guy, has has your 1 made 3. Luka has 12 points, and they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. The Suns team, they looked lifeless. They looked scared. Dylan, in the words of your guy Jim Harbaugh, they probably had chicken. uh, Oh, in their thousand percent. They were they were scared. They just they looked like they didn't want to be there. And you know they weren't they weren't ready to be champions. Dallas was loose, and like what Reggie Miller said, they were playing with house money. They had nothing to lose. They went out there. They sent it. They were the underdogs. And, you know, they got after, like you said, Spencer Dinwiddie goes for 30 points. Luca has as many more points in the first half than the Suns have as a team. It was just an all out failure. They didn't show up. They were lifeless. Um, This is um, this is a legacy game, like you said, where Chris Paul will be remembered as a loser. Devin Booker is a regular season player because he didn't show up last year in the finals didn't show up last year in the Western Conference finals either. The Suns, they're a regular season team who got caught up in the Instagram likes, and they're just just—they're frauds, like you said. Their whole team is fraud, but I, I do feel bad for Monty Williams. He doesn't yep. deserve this. He deserves a championship, but, like you said, it was just an absolute failure yesterday as an organization as a whole. This will leave a black mark on this team for years to come. Well, and the other part to yeah. this is is
1: they, they quit. Like, DeAndre... <laughs> Uh, Monty Williams wanted DeAndre Aiden to go back into the game, and he said no. Get the guy off the team. If, you, if you're if you not going to show up and say no when a coach asks you to go in in a win-or-go-home game, just get off, trade him. You're better off without him because that just tells me you're, you're, you're about DeAndre Aiden. You're not about the betterment of the team. And we all said that we thought the Suns were going to win this game, but as it got mm-hmm. to a game seven, the more I thought about it was – Man, game sevens, you got to go with the best player, the team with the best player. And it's Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic was the best player in this series by far, and he proved it. Like, he was out on a mission. And I- I'm curious to see how they match up. They got another tough test in the Warriors, but, Ethan, I'll let you go. I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, yeah, that
0: but- was – no, you're good. Um, that was probably, like, the worst beatdown of a winner – go home game of any sport that I've probably seen since the Vikings went into New York Giants and got sucker punched for four quarters straight.
2: Yeah. 41 to zero. Yeah. Just, I don't know. This
0: might even be worse. I don't even know. Either one was just got off. I'll tell you why this one was worse. This
2: game was at home. Yeah. It was in the Valley. They had the fans like they won 64 games in the regular season for this. And they let that happen. That, that's so Mm. much worse than what the Vikings did.
0: And and going back to what Gress said about Aiton, I was going to bring it up too. This has nothing to do with him not wanting to go back in, but trade him. The dude wanted a max contractor or some, wanted like a max super deal or something, whatever it was last summer. He's not good. He's not, he's not even worth an extension. Just get rid of him. Like he's not like you're, he's not a lockdown defender. He's not a guy that's going to go get you 20 to 30 every night. He might get you 10 rebounds. But even then, Luka Doncic had more rebounds than him in the goddamn series. Like, are
2: you freaking kidding me? hmm Well, and, and Ayton disappeared last year in the finals, too. Giannis, yeah. Giannis took, Giannis took his lunch money and took his girlfriend out for Dairy Queen with DeAndre Aiton's lunch money. It's yeah. The guy disappears. And, you know, he did this at Arizona, too. This really shouldn't surprise us when he yeah, was well, in college.
1: Yeah cut from the same cloth, another, yeah, just uh, on that Chris Paul list, Arizona basketball, Gonzaga basketball.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Chris Paul teams when they have a 3-2 lead in the playoffs. And I might, you can make an argument, this one might be worse than when
1: he was with the Clippers and they were up 3-1 on the Rockets and they were up 20 going into the fourth quarter because at least that, they, it, they played hard, but you you just you don't even show up. Like I think Chris Paul. I don't. I think it was that he didn't even have to score until like halfway through the third quarter or something like that. It's like you just there. Were, you could have put just a ghost
2: out there and they would have been more more well, efi- efficient than Chris Paul. I mean let's let's be let's let's be crazy here, boys. We probably could have went out there and gave a better effort than what the Phoenix Suns did last night. It's bad. I've it seen was better it effort in my red league basketball. I was gonna say yeah i've seen i've seen better games at la fitness and more fight out of dudes (laughs) at the gym than what the phoenix suns got and and these these clowns at la they're just trying to sit back and and hold the court they're not playing for 20 million dollars a year no well and i tried to get chris
1: paul on on the podcast i gave him a call but i didn't even get a ring
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to be a top three point guard of all time when you don't have a championship ring. And now also on that note, let's stop calling him the point guard. Uh, it's over. It's done. It's, it's magic Johnson and everyone else. So let's just move on from that uh, from that debate here, folks, please. He's he's Steve Nash.
1: He's he's on the same level as Steve Nash, but I didn't even consider him lower because Steve Nash has
2: MVPs. True. Yeah, true. But th- those Suns teams, did they make a, a conference finals? Yeah. Um, with Nash, or did, was that when they, they lost? At the no.
1: Yeah, they did because they lost to the. I think they lost. They lost to the Spurs both times. Was I that when they, they lost, lost to the Lakers once? Because the one yeah. was when they, the one was when they had. A, well the Lakers? That was when they uh, Amari Stoudemire got suspended for Game Six because he ran onto the court because there was like a fight.
2: And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that one against the Lakers in like 2010? when um when the, the lakers went on to beat the celtics in the finals if i'm not mistaken
1: it was either that one or oh nine the year they beat the magic which we that's don't need to get into that one either but
2: yeah, we'll talk about that Sorry, game
1: magic there Woo, woof game four game four was the worst one yeah that's right at home because they won in game hito- three yep because hito turkle who pulled the nick anderson and missed both free throws that would have iced the game yep unbelievable I mean, hey,
0: but dwight howard was an animal then holy hell
1: Oh, that's a guy that 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 might be one player, underrated player. I'd die on a hill for was Dwight Howard in his prime. He
2: was stupid. Prime Dwight Howard, you could you could argue that was the best center play this league has ever seen. Like yeah. from a, it, it wouldn't even been
0: surprising. He could win for forty and thirty every night. Like oh, that's for, not a joke. He, he almost he had
1: he had. I know. He, I think he had two quadruple doubles too. Stupid. Where he had points, rebounds, yeah. assists, and blocks. And yes. he won two two you won a two dunk contest and two defensive player of the year, but we'll move on to the other game seven. Now this one it was it was also anticlimactic, like I talked about in my opening rant. But the Bucks fought. They just couldn't make a shot. They couldn't hit like Grant said earlier, they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. Giannis missed like four open layups. And the Bucs were ahead. They got out to a hot start in the first quarter. And then in the end, I think Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard hit some really big shots, which in game sevens, you need those role players to come out and do some uncommon things. Mm -hmm. Williams was 7 of
0: 18 from three. That dude shot
1: 18 threes. Yeah, That's crazy. That shot 18 because it seemed like any time a shot went up, it was going in. But... (laughs) You could definitely tell that the Bucks missed Chris Middleton in this game, in this series. I think if they have him, they win in seven. I think that's flipped around or even close it out in game six. But Jason Tatum, Horford, and company were just too much for Giannis. Giannis couldn't do it on his own. He played hard. He gave it everything he had, and he just fell short. Well,
0: like I said at the beginning, I thought their defense would just take over, the Celtics. They, they had the best defensive team in, in the – in the league. And I mean, without Middleton, that offense is lacking huge already for Milwaukee on top of the defense. They're playing with Celtics. So I, I that's why I picked them from the get go and it didn't, didn't prove me wrong here
2: yet. Well, I, you know, Ethan and I, we said this from the jump, you know, without Middleton, just how deep this Celtics team was. Cause you never know when, um, you know, Al Horford was going to go off in game five, what Jason Tatum did in game six. And then to have, you know, Grant Williams go off yesterday. But then also for me, what I don't understand is this, is Milwaukee, they're shooting 12% from behind the arc. When you can't shoot threes, stop shooting them. Get the ball inside. Try, try to get some easy twos. Try a mid-range. Because they could have kept that game close for a while, but they kept jacking up threes, trying to match Boston shot for shot and they just disappeared they, they eventually wore down and then since they couldn't make any threes and they were still four guys behind the three-point line and Giannis driving they just pretty much put a box around the paint and they didn't let Giannis get to the cup so you know Dylan you're absolutely right had Middleton played, this is probably a different series but also what are the what are the bucks doing if you're if you're shooting 12 percent from behind the arc stop shooting threes this I understand it was the Celtics day and they shot 40 percent from three-point line but at the end of the day, guys, you got to stop doing that. Cause all they did was they, they just, they beat themselves, which I don't just understand it's about just, that. I and I know the
1: game, way this game is going is it's, it's three or bust
2: and. But it's the game is getting worse because of that. Yeah, it, it, it and, is. And, and, same, and same, like I'll go back to, you know, two months ago, March madness, you know, the, the Iowa Hawkeyes. When they played Richmond, they kept shooting threes and they just, they weren't making their shots. And, you know, you end up losing that game. I can't remember, was it six points? You know, eight points. But if they didn't – if they would have tried to at least maybe attack the cup more and then stop shooting threes and stop shooting themselves in the foot, who knows, they maybe could have won that game. They still maybe would have lost. But, again, you're shooting 12% from behind the arc. Stop it. And, it, and like you said, it's making the game worse. People don't I want to watch the
0: game. But were they just, like, packing it in and tight, the – Celtics and like just dared them. Yeah, to shoot. The middle
2: of the middle of the second quarter, into the second half, they almost had at least three or four guys around the paint every single yeah. time because like like I said earlier, they weren't making their threes, and since they weren't making their threes, when Giannis would drive, they would just go all towards oh, wow. him because it's not like you know Grant they not like the Bucks had a Grant Williams, um you know or Pritchett uh who were who were making you know 40 percent of their shots and you had to worry yeah. about them they weren't making them so they just hold you honest you're not you're not going to get to the cup easy kind of like what toronto did you know in 19 they pretty much put that box around the paint and they said you're not going to beat us yeah
1: yeah and there's nothing wrong with a nice silky smooth 15 foot jump shot that would make yeah, what, what happened
2: what happened in the mid-range what happened what happened to those elbow jumpers? I, I, you know, the best player of all time thrived in that situation. I just, I missed that. Yeah. And yeah, I, it was,
1: well, it cost them and maybe now that people for seeing how many times it's cost teams, they'll start looking at that, you know, a 15 foot jumper
2: for two is not a bad play. Cause yeah, cause if you're only making 23% of your shots from behind the arc, and if you can get closer to 35%, um, 38% with that 15 jumper, you know, 15 foot jumper, you're going to win more games because eventually you're going to be scoring more points.
1: Yeah. And well, and yeah, you look at how many or where it's just kick it out and drive even Because even if you start making those 15 foot shots, you'll get that confidence up and you'll start where you can. Oh, okay. I'll take a step back a little. And once you see the ball go in, the basket starts to get a lot bigger Mm -hmm. and you're going to have that confidence. And so I'd like, I'd love to see the mid range game come back, but who knows? We'll see. And we'll take a brief break here from talking basketball before we do a little bit of a preview because uh grant we have a little bit of our our first like podcast controversy so the wild also another team that just looked lifeless disheartening uninspiring effort in game six against the st louis blues and we had one of our good loyal listeners of the podcast tweet at us and grant doesn't i don't think knows about this because he is locked out of his Twitter right now because he used an old email. He doesn't remember the password to, so he doesn't know. But question of the day, Grant: Are you a mm-hmm. Wild fan or are you a St. Louis Blues fan?
2: Ooh, so you, you got me here. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Um. Actually, the number one team is the St. Louis Blues. Okay. When, when did the, when did state. when did this
1: happen? When did this conversion happen? Because when we first met you, you were a Wild fan.
0: Mm-hmm. So when they won the when they won the Stanley Cup, he's a homer.
2: Nope, 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 nope. So story, story time, story time here, boys. Um, so you know, kind of two folds to the story here. You know, growing up in Mankato, um, you know, went to you know see the Mavericks play all the time the WCHA, and uh, you know, my favorite Mavs player of all time was David Backus. Um, David gets drafted by the Blues, kind of follow him into the NHL there um and was always following davis uh david excuse me and always always liked watching the blues always loved the way they played they're gritty you know they're physical they're not it's not sexy um but you know what they get from point a to point b very well and they just they mucky it up and uh they make their opponent feels the blues when they play and you guys know me that's just who i am always you know more an old school kind of guy you know i'd rather watch um, a 17-13 football game than watch Oklahoma play Texas Tech when it's 55-48. Um, but I always just kind of kept that hidden a little bit uh, to myself, never really went out there to let everyone see that. And uh, it took Mr. Uh, Mister Caleb, first college roommate, to kind of, you know, poke me in the stomach and say, hey, you know, Grant here, when you're watching when you're watching the Blues play, like, you know, on NBCSN or when they're playing the Wilds and when they're playing the Blackhawks, you get almost more emotionally invested into them. Uh, You know, hey, why is that? And I was like, I had to sit back and kind of think about it. And I said, you know, I'm not sure. Um, Maybe just, you know, again, it wasn't kind of the way the Wild played, just wasn't feeling or anything like that. And then Caleb, you know, then he went out and he bought me this blues hat that's actually kind of right behind me here. Um, And just, you know, kind of kept following, you know, and then they add players, you know, Alex Petrangelo, Vladimir Vladimir Tarasenko and then you know just the roster as you go on and uh, it just it kind of morphed you know in, into that and um, you know it's just like I said that's just kind of how, how it came and that transition you know probably happened close to 2015 where you know Caleb kind of he poked the bear and he said hey Grant you know I, I think you're more of a Blues fan than, than what you lead on and then what you are and then uh, you know, I guess you know it's just here we are. So, um, that is kind of how that transition happened and where we, uh, where we go from there. Okay. All right. Well, that is cleared
1: up because I was actually very confused. I always was under the impression you were a wild fan, but you cheered for the blues when mm-hmm. there was no involvement, but Grant is a outed as a blues fan. So there you have it
2: Yep Answered for the record folks. The
1: question of the day. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm I'm not sure where where we go from here, but I don't think we'll be. I'm gonna be playing Gloria on this podcast. Oh come on, leave it at that. (laughs) But last week's episode, you guys uh, you guys weren't able to hear it before we recorded. Were you guys able to listen to my the interview I did with Demonte Thomas? What was your guys' thoughts on it?
0: Gonna be honest, I worked all weekend, so I did not have time to listen. So I apologize.
2: Um, so I, I, I was able to give it a listen today and uh, you know, I thought it was interesting and, and right away, you know, Dylan, the first question you had with them, you know, as a player, what team slash school do you not like the most? And without skipping a beat, DeMonte goes, let's oh, do Ohio state Buckeyes. <laughs> and, uh, I think that's just kind of a tradition and a trend we're seeing in sports. These rivalries we have in pro sports almost aren't as much as they used to be. I think with free agency, Uh, You know, no team is really locked in for 10 years. You're not playing the same opponents all the time. And then also with everyone just kind of being friends with everyone around the league, you work out with everyone else. You want what's best for your teammate and everything else, you know, and and the guy you work out with in the offseason. I don't think there's that hatred you have anymore because rosters are always changing. I mean, shoot, you know, this year, guys, I think the Chiefs only have like Three players or four players excuse me like less than 10 players from their Super Bowl roster just three years ago it just shows um, you know things change within three years with an NFL organization you don't have that solidified team for 10 years like the last great rivalry we had let's be honest Pittsburgh Baltimore where you had you know Big Ben was the anchor of the Steelers and then you know Ray Lewis was the anchor for the Ravens and it was that same team you just don't have that, you know, anymore in the league because there's so much roster turnover and these players, I think they truly wants best for each other. And then also one thing I really liked is he said, you know, Brady coach hope was, he was a good coach, but his assistants couldn't develop these players. And, you know, Damante talked about how it took, um, you know, coach Harbaugh almost about, you know, full year to really clean that up. And then, you know, that 2016 team, was a special Michigan team. And even to this day, Dylan, I think that was the best Michigan team Harbaugh's had. Probably, yeah. I think that 16 team would beat this 22 team pretty easy, probably by about at least 10 to 13 points there. That team was just loaded with talent. But again, look look at the talent he had. It was, it was, it was hoax, you know, senior class that would have been. Um, So again, it just kind of goes to something I've always talked to you guys about. Yes, recruiting is important. You need good players, but you also need the coaches to develop these players. To take them to the next level. <laughs> Nebraska. Well, thank you, Scott Frost, <laughs> falling apart. And also Texas AM. They're the they're the best eight and wow. four team in America. They are. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, shout out to the Cornhuskers, best three and nine team in college football history. Um, Scott Frost <laughs> is doing softball, it- big ten softball
1: champions. So we'll give him that. And our yeah. our well, hopefully at some point we'll get him back on. Recurring guest Nate Rohr is the play by play for the Nebraska softball team. So, oh, wow. we will give our congrats to Nate and the Nebraska softball team. So, where, football, where does Nate but, travel to for the tournament? I don't even
2: know. I'd have to.
0: I'm a true fan, bud. Yep. Let's talk big. Don't even know where they're going.
1: Well, I know they hey, won.
2: Hey, you know, you know what's funny, guys? Actually, while we were talking about this, Ashton, Nebraska just gave up another block punt to Iowa to, uh, to change the <laughs> game. <laughs> Uh, and then,
0: you know, also, right after
2: and then you know it's funny the gophers just ran for another first down on nebraska's defense which is which is softer than charman <laughs> true um Ooh. actually i got a Nebraska; their defense was actually pretty good this year but um again these coaches they just need to develop these players texas a&m why do they have all this talent they're always eight and four tennessee is getting a new coach every three years because they can't develop They're like they can't develop talent like cowherd says you have football coaches and you have gym teachers and uh you know hulk was a gym teacher and harbaugh's a football coach but then also dylan one thing i really liked was his story about john harbaugh going up into the draft oh, yep you know he's he's talking to the ravens um you know he's thinking he's going to be a day three pick you know around four five six he gets a call from john uh you know hey we're in the fourth round you know demonte you know, I'm doing my best to vouch for you. I want to take you. It's either going to be you or a quarterback. Um, you know, just stay in touch. And then he's got friends and family over for a draft party. And then he hears the Baltimore Ravens select safety. It wasn't Demonte Thomas. And he's like, what? What the heck? I mean, that's not cool, man. You, know, you, gave, me, you gave me your word and you do this to me and you shortchange me. But then to fast forward to the 2018 regular season before a game, to have Harbaugh come up to him. call him by his first name. Hey, Demonte, want to bury these feelings, you know, nothing against you. I did my best. Sometimes there's just some things a coach can't control in this league. And, uh, you know, if I had my way, I would have, I would have had you there. And then from then, you know, Demonte, he buried the hatchet and he was, and then, and then he finally realized in that year, man, you know, the NFL, it is a business and uh, you can't take anything serious. These guys say um, because there's always someone above them with more power who's going to do something that you might not agree with that hurts you. So that, that was, that was really cool to uh, um, you know, to hear, you know, from that. Cause it's kind of, it's always fun to hear about how the league is run behind closed doors. When you get a story like that, it's pretty cool. And I think it just shows that John Harbaugh is a good guy. And oh, yeah. again, Baltimore Baltimore is just a class organization and they know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, it was it was it was fun talking to. You. Hopefully, we can get it, make it work out where we can all four be on here. But we'll go back to some NBA talk, preview the conference finals, and I gotta
2: what uh, what's going on here? Are you okay,
1: don't... buddy, can you talk? Yeah, I don't know. It's like echoing. Maybe I don't know. Can you guys hear it? I can hear. I can you. hear. It. Okay, is that better? Yeah. Sure. It's not as echoey. Okay. Cool. Hello, all
0: right. hello,
1: hello. <laughs> all right. So, Heat Celtics games it'll be game 1 is going on Tuesday Tomorrow. night. T- yep, Tuesday, Tuesday night. So, we'll already right, by the time this is recorded, we'll have well both games will be have one game in with game 2 be, being played Thursday when it's released. Game this Heat Celtics it's I wouldn't be shocked either way whoever won. To be honest, I I I think there's reasons the Heat win, I think there's reasons the Celtics win, but we'll see if Jason Tatum can take that next step. He's been in two conference finals now, I believe. Losing
2: to the Cel- to the Heat in the bubble in 2020. So Celtics have some revenge and then also in 2018 against LeBron when the Celtics were yep. the seed or the two seed they
1: had home home court yeah they out. were the one they were the one seed and because or no they were the two because the heat or the calves were the four and beat the
2: raptors who were the ones the raptors yeah they swept yep. the raptors yep and but you know also the jason tatum dunk over lebron where it was kind of like oh yeah this kid can play that was kind of yeah. you know the, yeah. The, the, year, yeah you know that was kind of his moment where you're like oh yeah this this dude's legit yeah, the the Jimmy Butler
1: Jason Tatum matchup is going to be very exciting to see. I think it's going to come down to who who shoots better from the outside and mm-hmm. I think I I I wouldn't I think this series goes 7 games and I like the Heat in 7 cuz they're at home and I like Jimmy Butler a little bit more than I like Jason Tatum.
0: I'll take I'll take the Celtics for two reasons. One, I picked them before this whole playoff started, and I'm a man of my word like the Joker, so we're going with them on that. Yeah, there and you two, go. Two, I think Jimmy Butler's a giant douchebag, and I never liked him, and I never will. And screw that guy, he's gonna lose. There we go. That's All my right. uh, analysis.
2: Well, nice to see Ethan's caught in his feelings, like um yep. the other six million people in this. I'll basically state. skip. You, you, you're not quite that bad, but you know, you I mean, in I, his
0: I, I got I would sure hope not. Just just Put put me down if I am.
2: You know you're you're just you're caught in your feelings there, but I do respect you for sticking with the Celtics. Like you said, you picked them before the net series, you picked them last series. You're going to stick with them. You're a man of your word. But I'm with Uh, I think I think Heat and seven. As you guys know, I've said these last couple of episodes, the Miami Heat are now my team. That the Timberwolves are out, and it just comes down to culture, culture, culture. These guys, they're rough riders. They don't. they don't care about your feelings they get in a big fight on the sidelines and in March where most teams it would blow up these guys they just you know it takes four or five days to brush brush things off and you know let you know let your feelings kind of cool down a little bit but um, I just I think the heat they're gonna be a little too much and they're a little deeper than, um, than the Celtics you know because Strauss he's a nice he's a nice starter where he can get you know 15 a night if you need him in game seven, which you might at home, but then just the, uh, the championship pedigree they have on their bench, you know, with PJ Tucker last year playing with the bucks. And then I know he doesn't play, but Udonis Haslam, you know, being a, being a three-time champion with this team, he's just going to give them something on the bench that they need um, to kind of get over the hump. And then also, you know, let's not forget the Tyler hero welcoming party in the 2020 bubble in that Eastern conference finals. He's your sixth man of the year. I, you know, again, you can get 20 points off your bench consistently. I think it's just too much to ask for. And then also for me, the Trump card is Eric Spolstra. Um, You know, he's probably the best coach left in these playoffs, you know, Hey, sorry, Steve Kerr, but uh, give me, give me Spo. I think he'll he'll make the right adjustments as the series goes on. Uh, Again, I'm with stress. It's a long series, but Heaton seven and uh, Jimmy Butler, is your first-time winner of the the Larry Bird Eastern Conference Finals Trophy.
0: Can we really call ourselves Timberwolves fans, though? Because before this year, I don't think we've ever watched a Timberwolves game together. One. And two, I I had to buy a T-shirt the night of the game because I didn't own a Timberwolves T-shirt I went to. So, I mean, like, I don't think I'm a Timberwolves fan. I'm just going just to see if a Minnesota sports team can crack the code and actually do something in the playoffs for once.
2: Well, And and that's fair. But I guess, you know, just for me, I'm going to, you know, live by through the home team, and Fair. you know you go through so many downs where you're, you don't even pay attention to them because they're just shit. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> hey, team that you know, forty-six regular season wins. Let's give it a shot. Let's see if the home team can do anything. Yeah, and they can't. So we're just. I mean, gonna... I'm mostly
0: went through that game to yell vulgar things at a team that can't hear me anyway. So, but it
2: was well worth it. It was fun. So you, you did what you you did what you accomplished to do. You had a good yeah, time. Okay. And yes. now you're back
1: on the
0: Celtics bandwagon. And I spent $22 on a whiskey Coke. I mean, it's totally worth it.
1: Speaking of whiskey, yeah. you guys see the prices for beer at the PGA? It's $18 for a McUltra. $18. Oh, wow. Which you know how much money you would have I, spent on your mouth waters? A
0: lot. You'd I say
1: that like it would hold me back from spending money. But no, I would <laughs> – it would be 40 bucks every time because I'd get two. And well, by the – I would yeah I it would it would be bad for the pocketbook but
2: and you know shout out to Southern Hills Country Club there in Tulsa for hosting yeah. this tournament um you know I did some research on it this weekend cuz you know it's at my sister's graduation party you know or graduation down in Iowa City and she, you know she's dating this she's dating a guy who's originally from Tulsa and it's one of the 100 most nicest courses in America and it looks pretty cool so I'm definitely going to try to tune in this week Thursday through Sunday to see uh, see what the great city of Tulsa has to offer. Hopefully
0: a tornado doesn't suck him up, but you know what? It's Oklahoma. Who cares?
2: Oh, I guarantee Why, why, why you got to be so negative? That's, that's, just, a, like that. that's just who Ethan is. He's a negative that's Nancy. That's true.
0: It can be. It's, it's Monday night. What are we doing here? Mondays are never good days. Let's be real.
1: It'd be worse. could always be worse. We are a positive vibes only podcast, so we don't we shun your negativity,
2: Ethan. The mirror of positivity. We've yeah. been over this, damn it. The mirror of positivity.
0: <laughs> mirror yeah. shove it up your ass. <laughs> I'm giving you the boo. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the cheer? We got to get both sides here.
1: No, no, you there, we don't cheer negativity. We cheer positivity. <laughs> And you're being a negative Nancy. And we're going to move over to Warriors-Mavs. And this is – I'm curious to see Luca in his first conference finals. He's emerging as one of the best players in the NBA. And Warriors, everybody knows their history. Three-time NBA champions season, been through it all. Have an emerging superstar in Jordan Poole. And we'll see if the Mavs have enough. If they're role players, if a guy named Spencer can pick up the slack again like he did in Game 7 and score 30 points, we'll see in the end. I don't think it's going to be enough. I don't think Luca's there quite yet. I think they still need one more player to get them over the hump. And I think I think the Mavs make it interesting. I think they get it to six games, but in the end, I think the Warriors win in six
2: you know talk about the mirror positivity me and me and the gress here we we agree again uh same team yeah (laughs) same team same length in the series you know to me guys this has some was it 2008 no 2009 denver nuggets la lakers vibe to it with with the series um you know dallas they hadn't made the you haven't made the conference final since 2011 before the Nuggets made it thin, I don't know when the last time they did. You know, Luca kind of like, you know, emerging superstar. Not an emerging superstar. He is a superstar. Look at the numbers he's put up his career in the playoffs. You know, kind of him, you know, like Carmelo, he's going to try to go after Steph. Um, you know, the season, you know, season vet, three-time champ, back-to-back MVP, unanimous MVP. But I just think the the Warriors team is just too much. You got what Clay did in game six you know, the Draymond block and um, that was game four, right guys? Yeah. Yep. Game four. Cause the annihilation was game five. And then Looney's out here getting 20 rebounds, looking like Dennis Rodman in game six. Uh, you know, Jordan Poole is an emerging superstar. You know, Wiggins is still, he hasn't had his game yet, but you know, he was an all-star this year. And we all know the Warriors, they're not going to fall apart like the Suns did. They're going to – if they have an opportunity to close this series, you know, they might miss a game here and there if they're up 3-1. But they're like a crock in the water. Um, they're they're going to get their kill more than 50% of the time. And I just – I think the Warriors are just too much. And Steph is on a mission ever since last year when they lost to Memphis. And he said, you guys don't want to play us next year. You know, Clay is Clay's back from injury. He, you know, d- look, looking like Jackie Moon is – looking like he wants to take on via be a finals MVP. It's, it's too much, too much for the Mavericks. I think, I think this year it will be two, two after four, but uh, the Warriors close it out in six. I, I
0: do want to give credit first to Nick, Wright. He was on the Luca train well over a year ago, talking this guy up saying he's different than like any other player in the league right now and saying he's a top three player. Oh, he, he wasn't wrong. Uh, Luca's no. ridiculous. No. Like stupid. Like, I might start calling him the white mamba soon because he's playing on a level I feel like only Kobe we've seen play at this level in the playoffs in a long, long like what he did in the series versus uh Phoenix has literally never been done before. His stats. Like it's freaking insane what he did. And uh
2: didn't well. he have more points than Devin Booker, more assists than Paul, and more yeah. rebounds than Deandre A. That's
0: he that's had he had the most points, rebounds, steals, and assists. The only thing he didn't have the most of it in this series was blocks. <laughs> like,
2: that's insane. Like, that's well, can so, you so so imagine weird. how good Luka would be if he actually tried on the defensive end? Yeah. Yeah.
0: If he actually <laughs> lost weight and got shape and just wasn't <laughs> like a like some
2: white turd running around, but he's actually really good at it, too. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Well, guys, he's averaging 40 points for his career in the playoffs. It's it's insane. I mean, this is it's like – This is like – this is our version of Larry Bird. Yeah, yeah. So like, so I'm one. I'm just gonna want.
0: I just want to disagree with you guys because no one likes everyone that agrees all the time. So one, I'm thinking Dallas or Dallas for that reason in this series. Uh, two, whoever, whichever team hits 15 threes first might win these games. Like, legitimately, like, it's just gonna be threes chucking up there constantly. Because you know whoever earlier chooses, yeah. it's gonna win. I mean, know, sorry, earlier, it's, it's okay, earlier, but.
2: earlier tonight I said, hey, you know, give me a 17-13, just a grimy, rough, rough out. You know, football game. This is the opposite. Yeah. This is this is this is this, Buffalo, Kansas City. Oh yeah. This is Buffalo, Kansas City, in the last two minutes. This is this yeah. is better. This is Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I mean, I, we might see Mayfield and Mahomes on the field. I mean, all they do is score 70 points when when they go up against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh the whole mid range game that we're talking about. Yeah, that's not happening in this nope, game. Nope. In, in this series. It's I,
0: well, I think it has that, his fadeaway. It says like Dirk Nowitzki one foot fadeaway. He does have that. That's technically
2: he, a mid- he, he does have that, and, yeah, that is a sexy shot to watch. But it's not I honestly think the lowest point total we'll see in this series by a losing team will be, like, 118. It yeah, could. it's going to be high. You know, yeah, either team,
0: be- I guess Golden State kind of plays defense. Denver and Denver. Dallas definitely does not play defense.
2: No. no, well, when your head coach is Jason Kidd, he doesn't believe in defense. He's just going to – we're just going to score more points than the opponent.
1: Well, and it's I think if so Dallas hard. wants to have a shot in this series, they got to steal either
2: game one or game two. Yeah. yeah that's... You're not winning four out of five against this Warriors team. No. Just not no. happening. I'm
0: just taking the hot hand. I'm going with Luca. Why not? Let's have some fun.
2: All right. Yeah. I yep. be, And I wouldn't be surprised, guys, if Dallas or Boston wins. Mm-hmm. Either. I mean, yeah. like we oh, talked about, Larry, it's just going to be a – it's. It's going to be a great series. And Ethan, you said this, you wouldn't be surprised if Dallas won that series when the suns were up three, two and you were right.
1: Well, yeah. And great. I think in, or going back to the heat Celtics, I think, I think heat right now are point and a half favorite. I If you guys get a little gambling inch for Tuesday night, I would go heat one and a half because I think the Celtics are going to be It was an emotional series. They were tired, exhausting, similar to what they did with the Nets. And Mm -hmm. the the heat, they're going to be – they're well-rested. They've had a few more days off than the Celtics have. The Celtics have to travel and go play. I think that might be just a little bit of an emotional – have a little bit of an emotional letdown. And I think they actually – I think it's 2-2 with both teams winning a game on the road to make it 2-2. Similar to what happened
2: in the Bucks Celtics series, I I would agree, and I I fully expect at least the Celtics to to win Game Two. Yep, you know, so it's one like you said, one one going back to Boston, and then I'm you know it, it, we both said the series is going seven, so it's probably two two after four.
1: Yeah, for sure, and well, we're gonna go to Curveball of the Week, and since. It is the Jordan episode. I think it's only right where we talk about because we both, we all, all three of us have seen the entire last dance twice. I, yeah, me too. Guilty. Mm-hmm. And watching that, it's incredible. If you haven't watched it, I don't know. You must have been living under a rock or was my geology teacher in college who doesn't believe in internet or cable at your house because you want your kid to have a normal life hey rocks are cool bro i'm not saying they're not i'm not saying they're not but i'm just saying my geology teacher was not cool (laughs) and and after seeing an email that he sent to students last year you would definitely understand why i would say that but i won't share that today that might be another one but so what was your guys's how do I word this what was, we'll, we'll just we'll just have I guess we'll just make this an open forum about the last dance we'll just which I think the guy the the way my favorite part of it was the way he was able to create rivalries in his head that would just fuel him to outbeats to just go beat you. And it didn't matter what, like when they were playing the, uh, the Washington, I don't know the, if they were, were they, the wizards at the time, I think, the, I think they were the bullets at the time. The guy scored 37 and he said, nice game, Mike. And then they mm-hmm. had to go to Washington and Mike had 35 at halftime.
2: Well, yeah. Cause he told BJ Armstrong, he said, I'm gonna put 35 up on this guy in the first half. And he went out and he did it. Um I was going to say that was one part that really that um that I love the most. I think two more for me was going into the 92 series against the Blazers when Clyde the Glide says, you know, me and Michael are the two best players in basketball. And MJ goes, "Yeah, Clyde was a threat." But I took that personally cuz he was nowhere he was nowhere near my skill set was and I'm the defending champ And like you told Magic Johnson before game one, when they're playing pool at MJ's house, I'm going to give it to this dude. He doesn't know what's coming. And then, you know, that was the first half when he had, yes, seven. I think seven three six threes in the first half and the series, just looked over the famous shoulder shrug. He looks over at Magic and he's just like, Hey, I told you I was going to give it to this dude. And I gave it to this dude. Another one that for me was when he was still retired at the time in 95, and was it um you know russell the bulls were playing the uh the jazz were in town they were playing the bulls mj wanted to go see practice you know dab up malone and stockton and russell byron looks at him and says mj you know i'd lock you down if you came back you, you retire because you can't handle me and he's just like oh carl get this dude put put this dude in his lane why is he coming at me like that he shouldn't be coming yeah uh, don't worry about it mj he's He's just a young Rook. He's confident. He doesn't know what he's doing. And he goes from that moment on, that guy was on my list and to get him, get him. I don't think
1: you ever had a chance to get him though. Cause well, he, yeah, he got, no, with the, there wasn't.
2: Yeah, no, he, he didn't but no, It, it but, wasn't a push off. Oh no. He was leaning forward. His momentum took him there. And then, you know, to hit hit the shot, you know, Jordan game six, but then also the people, the shot people forget about, you know, 97 in game one, um, you know, when he iced that series right there, it just goes, this dude, if you badmouthed him, he remembered who you were and uh, he was going to give it to you later. And the series, you know, like in 97, when they gave Malone the MVP, he said, uh, you know, you know, that's what I needed to win the finals here.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with Grant. My favorite part was definitely when he said, like, and I took that personal, like, you get the whole the, the meme of it and everything. Like you just fantastic. I can't remember if this is actually in the series or not, but didn't he like make a guy quit like quit basketball forever? Like some suit like, I can't remember if I read this on some or if it was in the actual show, but like he made another player like question his ability so bad the guy never played
2: basketball again.
0: I, I don't remember think- no, it wasn't in
2: the dance, but I think I kind of remember hearing that story. Oh, yeah, I've never maybe, – maybe
0: I have, but – It was some point guard, and Michael made him feel so shitty and just such a loser. The, <laughs> the Duke quit playing basketball for multiple years.
2: You know, <laughs> and another thing, I, another moment that I really loved was when they were talking about how he was trying to get old – beat the Pistons, you know, the Pistons that had the, the Jordan rule. I can't remember the old player for the Pistons. Um, I can't remember when he said this, but he said, rule number one, we can't let him in the air. Because once John, he gets – John to, Sally. John Sally. It was yep. either John yep. Sally or Joe Dumars. It was Sa- Sally said it. He okay. goes, because once he's in the air, he's got you, – you, you can't let him in the air. We, you got to keep him on the ground. And then just the – how these other players were just mesmerized to go up against him and what the things they had to do to make sure he wouldn't beat you. Was just unbelievable, and also one we're forgetting guys is the Gary Payton, the glove. The glove. <laughs> yeah, the glove. You know, hey, I was the fuck up boy in this series. You know, I wish I would have gotten on him earlier. You know, then we could have changed the series and we could have won. You know, the you know, MJ laughing, and you know that famous meme that we have. You know, after that, it's like I had no problem with the glove. Um, it's just it's one of those where it's just it's iconic that you know we're never going to forget about that and how he didn't think anyone was on his level. And he, you know, and like he said, he never lost the game. He just ran out of time.
1: Yep. And the other one too, was I, that when Ethan you were talking about made him feel so bad, but it was in a preseason game and Reggie, Reggie Miller was playing him. And he was having a really good first half and he goes up to Mike and starts like, aren't you supposed to be like the greatest ever? You don't, you don't seem that great. You're not that good. In a preseason game. And then Mike, Probably wasn't even going to play the second half. Probably went and told Phil, hey, this young buck's running his mouth. I got to show him. Well, he showed him who Black Jesus was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also a great quote from that. This is the last time I will ever talk bad about Black Jesus. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) That, And then I also was able to read his trainer, Tim Grover's book. And he talked about when he hired him because Tim Grover, he was based out of Chicago. He just finished up his master's. And what he did was, he wrote letters to every single Bulls player except one, about tra- wanting to train them personally and being their trainer. And the only person he didn't write to was Michael Jordan because he thought there's no way this guy would, this guy would ever want like would ever want to work with him and this new unproven guy. And the only way reason he found him was because Mike was just passed it by going through this dude. And it was in another teammates locker. He just passed it and he saw it and he's like, and at that point, Tim Grover never heard from anybody yet. And then he got a call one day from the bulls that said, Hey, we have, a, there's a guy that you wrote to that, or there's a player on the bulls. That's interested in training. He's like, Oh, well, who is it? Michael Jordan. So goes meets and talked about all the training he would do. And he talked about it briefly too, in the series, about how when they would start doing reps and different ways to train his body and just the just the training that or in the like all the prep that Grover went to get Michael at peak performance because right away he was he said that if you're he's had he at that point MJ had injuries with his groin and ankles and I think quads and one of the first questions Grover asked him was what do you think you need to do to become a better better? and Mike, I can't remember what he said, but Tim said, well, where do you have your most injuries? And he said, your ankle, groin, quad, and he's, if you shore up that and strengthen those, you're already going to be a better athlete. Strengthen those, and then when they would have him work out and do reps, Tim would tell him to do 10 reps, Mike would do 12. He'd always be doing more and more. And it proved even within the work where he constantly was building his body up when he took a year off from baseball. And there was an article too, I remember in sports illustrated that talked about how he was failing the game, but they talk about Francona, who was the manager for the Birmingham Barons, where he played, how he would get up before everybody. The way he practiced in basketball was the same way. First guy in last guy out. And they would talked about how his hands his talent, he'd have hands his just open skin all the time for how many times he'd be hitting a ball, and he hit it was a mere he hit like two thirty after when uh-huh. you're thirty years old not playing since your junior senior year of high school you can hit two thirty go from not playing for twelve years to going to double a baseball and hitting two thirty is incredible like because the guys it, the work ethic like if you is it, it was just relentless. The guy just didn't quit,
2: and he didn't lose a game. He just ran out of time. Well, and then also, you know, Francona said one, he probably would have made it to the majors. Yeah, and true, just with how big he was, his skill set didn't line up, but the media was too small at single A, so they had to bump him up to double A just because of who the guy he was. Um, but you know, like you said, Dylan, he just he wasn't gonna give up. And then, Kind of to circle back, you know, we started talking about how the Suns, they don't have that championship mentality. A team who had that championship mentality was the Bulls in that game seven against the Pacers. When, you know, they're down, was it, they're they're down five and they have the jump ball with about seven minutes left. They win the jump ball. Steve Kerr hits that three. And then like what Reggie Miller said, he said, they just have the heart of the champions and we didn't. And we didn't, we didn't close these guys out. And they did, and they went on to win. You know, win that game by nine points. But you know, again, back like to you said, game seven, it takes one play, it takes one role player to to make that big shot, and then you know, you have that championship DNA in you, and it, it's over. Yeah, um, well, just, that's just, I think and what Chris and Ball how was, he affected that whole Bulls team. Um, you know, they knew they had MJ, but we just needed one guy to make a play, and eventually the confidence that he had was going to go off to everyone else and they were going to you know win a game 7 against probably the team that they should have played in the nba finals and make it look easy
1: yeah and well we talked about chris paul earlier where he was i think he he has those similar tendencies but i think michael also had a good balance of understanding when he could do say certain things and be the asshole and push guys, but he also had that good understanding of when to be calm, understanding and know when to when know, to push. Be be that kind and nurturing type as well.
2: Yeah, and it exactly. was also
1: similar with Phil Jackson, like just understanding guys and how they worked, and understanding their m- how mentally they were or how they handled like their mental health. I think he was good at understanding that, and it's it's why he's the greatest. I can't believe anybody has ever ever tried anymore to make an argument about anybody else being the GOAT because Mm -hmm. don't even – there's nobody in the same sentence as him.
2: Nope. No, there is not, sir.
1: No. So, Ethan, you got anything else?
0: I don't enter that conversation because I didn't see him in his prime. So I just stay away.
1: It just pisses people off. Respect. Yeah. Fair enough. And with that, we hope this final segment inspired you to go out and be the best you can be. So we will talk to you next week. We're back. Make sure you tune into next week's episode as we give our reaction to the NFL schedule release. Highlighting some of our favorite games of the upcoming 2022 NFL season and give our updated thoughts on the NBA Conference Finals. Make sure you are following us on all of our social media platforms where we will be posting other content. Check out the Three Guys Talking Ball Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 3GTB Podcast, where we will also be posting short clips of the show and other content. You can also check out our Three Guys Talking Ball YouTube page where we will be posting the full podcast if you want to see the video version. That puts a wrap on this week's episode of the Three Guys Talking Ball Podcast. We'll talk to you next week.